Oh, fantastic. Well, it's, it's great to, uh, to be back here. In many ways, it feels like coming home. Uh, you would have picked up. My name is Jimmy Rocks, for those who, who don't know you. Rocks really is my surname as well. Uh, I didn't have it changed. And yes, I did get ordained as an Anglican minister to get the title Reverend Rocks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, hopefully that video would have given you a bit of a flavour of what the last three and a half years have been like for our family. We're following God on, uh, on an adventure, felt led to Brazil. I'll say a bit more about our work during the course of my talk this morning. I'll try and keep it short as well, I promise you. Um, but just to say as well, at the back on that table over there, there are some uh, prayer cards. So if you'd like to know or find out more about how you can pray for our work, support our work, I want to encourage you to take one of these away and have a look or come and have a chat with us after as well. So I understand as a church you are currently exploring or going deeper in your vision and looking at being all in. And this morning I want to talk a bit about um, that idea of being all in and following where God leads. One of the great things about our God is that he recycles lives. If you read the Bible, the story, the human brokenness we encounter there, but yet God does the most extraordinary things through broken people. Actually, for all of us here this morning, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, chapter 10, that we are God's handiwork. We are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for us. Just think about that. Think about your own life, your own core. God has prepared for you good works. He has given you unique gifts and talents to serve the world around you. So often here in the West, uh, we can fall into the trap of becoming materialistic of uh, entering onto that treadmill of having to make money to buy more stuff that we probably don't really need. And as another mission partner of this church often says, Simon Gilbo, uh, he's often said that people in the West have everything but nothing to live for. As the people of God, may we not fall in to that trap. We are called to seek first, to make the, our highest priority the kingdom of God to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, trusting that God will add the things we need as we pursue him. <clears throat> also as well, we're a sent people. Uh, Matthew 28, you can put it up on the screen if you like. Uh, the Great Commission, all authority. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, uh, make disciples of all nations, of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's formerly a, a member of this church, now a mission partner sent out by this church. And uh, I've always brought in to the mission statement of this church, making committed followers of Jesus who change communities and nations for him. And in my own experience, what I found is that abundant life, a purpose-filled life, is found in relationship with Jesus. And that is also how we bring life to other people as well, by helping uh, introduce others to that Jesus who comes into our lives, reaches into our personal pain, darkness, despair, and transforms 
our lives. Some 20 years ago now, I almost sound, well, I do sound old saying that, don't I? That's quite scary. Um, 20 years ago, I met with Jesus in a life-changing way, in a large part due to the ministry of this church. Now, I had been expelled from two schools by that time. I'd been written off by lots of people. Um, I had some of my school reports uh, read to me and just hearing teacher after teacher writing me off. Jimmy Rocks has an attitude problem. This guy's not going to amount to anything. And I remember hearing that as uh, I must have been about 13 at the time and just, just welling up, just crying, just hearing that. And uh, that fact that I've been written off. And I had huge question marks about my life, its direction, where it was going, my value, my importance. Because of my schooling, I had a really low self-esteem. I had a lot of pain on the inside. Family life, as I got into my teenage years, just became increasingly chaotic. My mum's mental health deteriorated. Uh, My dad spent lengthy periods out of our family home. Uh, There were six of us growing up together. It was pretty, four brothers. It was pretty mad, fights breaking out, all that stuff. Testosterone-filled house as you go into your teenage years. And there was a lot of pain on the inside. And if I'm honest, many nights I cried myself to sleep, just thinking about my life, asking those questions. Why am I here? What is my life about? I ended up going to a school for kids who were excluded from school. It was a boarding school. Fortunately, God placed some great Christian people there. And uh, I could see that there was something different in these people. Their example, the way they interacted, there was something genuine there. Now, I always had a belief in God. I went to a church school uh, before I got kicked out there. Uh, my mum was a bit of a spiritual seeker. Sometimes she, uh, she went for a phase of taking us to church. Another time she looked to unhelpful occultic places for that. But I had this openness to God and would, would pray. But yet it felt like my prayers would hit the ceiling and bounce back. Uh, that all changed when I did an Alpha course here 20 years ago. Learned more about Jesus. By that time, fortunately, my schooling had turned around, so I started doing sixth form, partly due to the help of a Christian teacher at the school who invested a lot in me and said, Jim, you're not a complete waste of time. You're not a failure. You've got stuff going for you. And uh, during the course of that Alpha course, I met with Jesus. I invited this Jesus into my life, and I had this incredible experience of being filled with his love. It just felt like this liquid heat, this liquid love just being poured out inside. And I knew it was God. And that moment changed everything. When I went away from there and I prayed, I could just sense the nearness of God, the presence of God. Instantly after that, a lot of that pain was healed. And I had this sense of purpose inside me. And I discovered that this God, this God who seemed so distant to me at one time, had a plan and a purpose for my life. And I decided to follow that plan. I decided to follow that purpose. And despite all my shortcomings, all my mistakes, God has been gracious. He has loved me. He has transformed me. And I've been privileged to see God do some amazing things. I've been privileged to have some amazing experiences following this God, being taken to some amazing places. I've seen how God has healed, restored my life. I'm still in that process of being healed and being transformed, and we all are, until we meet face to face with Jesus. But I've seen him do so many incredible things, even despite myself. 
most of the time. Do you know, as the people of God, we are called to be part of something much bigger than ourselves. We are called to be part of helping a lost world connect with its creator. A lost world find its purpose, find hope, find freedom, find purpose. A former Archbishop, William Temple, he once said that the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. And one of the great things is, so often we count ourselves out, don't we? But one of the great things is, is that God uses ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. We are called to be part, um, to, to play our part in the mission of God, in bringing about his kingdom. We get to see broken lives healed, transformed. We get to see signs of the kingdom, the kingdom breaking out, manifesting in miraculous ways. We get to see whole communities changed, whole families changed. And over the last three years, three and a half years in Brazil, we've been privileged to see God do some amazing things. We went out, uh, just the four of us, not really knowing where we were going to get stuck in, but a sense of calling to Florinopolis to get involved in evangelism, to plant a new church, uh, to, to partner with others as well and uh, help train people to do the works of the kingdom. I remember we started by doing a Bible study in our home and we'd invite lots of people and lots of people say, yeah, we're going to come, we're going to come. And when we finally started and that day came round, no one came on the first one. The following week, okay, we're going to try again. We're going to invite the same people. And on that day, I remember inviting our landlords as well, a couple called Marcelo and Gabby. And they were the only people who showed up that day. And uh, we did an inductive Bible study. We were looking at the, the seven signs of John. So we started with Jesus turning water into wine. And uh, we, we asked some simple questions about that text. What does that teach you about Jesus? What, what does that teach you about people? What do you need to do with it? And who else needs to know about it? After that uh, Bible study, they reflected, oh, that was lovely to read the Bible together. And I said, well, can we pray? And can we pray for you? Is there any pain in your body? Is there anything you'd like Jesus to do in your life? And uh, Marcelo, the husband, was like, no, no. And his wife elbowed him and said, tell him, tell him about your back. Tell him about your coccyx. And he had injured himself a couple of months prior to that. Um, he'd broken his coccyx and it hadn't, hadn't been right since then. Me, so unobservant, I didn't notice that he was sitting on a special cushion all that night. So we asked if we could pray for him. And I said to him, do you know, I believe Jesus, uh, one of the ways he shows his love to us is healing us and he shows us that he wants a friendship with us is it all right if I pray for you then and put my hand there and it's like yeah go for it we started to pray he felt heat he felt tingling the pain subsided it went completely he checked it out he was gobsmacked by it we prayed for his wife she had a bad hip that kept clicking the pain went the clicking reduced and within a couple of days it completely stopped and we started praise the Lord And we started to see God do some amazing things in people's lives. I like going to the gym, if you haven't noticed. No. Um, <laughs> probably some of you remember me quite overweight at one point as well. And uh, I was squatting there one day, and I, I like to put a fair bit of weight on. And one of the instructors came past, past me, and he just commented, oh, I really miss being able to squat heavy. So I asked him the question, well, did you injure yourself or something? And uh, he said, yeah, every time I lift heavy weights now, I have pain in my back. I said, well, can I pray for you in a bit? And he's like, okay. And as I was going, 
out. He was in the reception. And uh, I said, well, can I, can I pray for you now? And uh, he was like, well, what have you got to do? And I said, well, I just put my hand on your back and ask Jesus to heal, for you, heal you. Is that all right? And he was like, go on then. So I started to pray for him. Uh, the receptionist by the side. And similarly, he started to feel heat and, and tingling in that area. And I said, well, what can you feel? Is there any difference? And he said, it feels different, but I, I'd, need to, I'd need to do a heavy weight session to check it out and to see if it hurts the next day. And uh, also as well, the receptionist, she started commenting how she felt a good energy come over her as we were praying. So I got to pray for her as well. And uh, the next day, I gave him my number. I told him about the group we were doing. And uh, I got this phone call saying, hey, it's uh, Mateus from the gym. I said, Mateus, how are you doing? How's your back? Did, did you check it out? And he said, yeah, I did. And I went really heavy. And I felt nothing. Can I come to your group? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Can I bring my girlfriend as well? Of course you can. <laughs> no. But bit by bit, God, as we engage in the mission of God, he's, the people who were hungry, who God was working in, surface and got involved. And our God is a missionary God. The Spirit is a missionary Spirit. He's already out there working in people's lives. There are people where God has placed you, where the Spirit of God is working in people. He's preparing people. Even as I look back on my life, before that Alpha course, I can see how God prepared me. And I was open and ready to be invited. And there are people around you who are open and ready to receive an invite for Alpha this year, there are people open and ready to receive a power encounter with the Lord. And it's about us being willing to engage, to take risks. There is nothing special about me apart from my surname. <laughs> but there is really nothing. Just speak to my wife. But yeah, you know, God, as we take risks, we see God use us in the most incredible ways. So we're all called to engage with the mission of God. So where should we start? Where should we start on our own kingdom adventures? Do you know, I think it starts with becoming, we start where we are, and it starts with becoming committed followers of Jesus, of becoming disciples ourselves. Uh, John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, which has influenced this church over the years and is, is part of the movement I'm part of now, or is the movement I'm part of now, um, is uh, the founder, John Wimber, uh, he used to say, it's important to not only be biblically literate, but we must also be biblically obedient. And there is a principle, hear and obey. We should be obedient to what God shows us and teaches us. That's what it means to be a disciple. We are imitating our master, Jesus. We're trying to be like him, take him at his word and obey him. So what is God saying to you this morning? What is God saying for your Bible reading how is God challenging you? What do you need to do with that? We need to take the kingdom seriously as well. The kingdom comes at a cost. In one sense, this new life, it's freely given by Jesus. But over as we follow him, often we will need to lay certain things down. We will need to adjust and change our priorities to make them his priority. And that engaging in the mission of the kingdom, we are called to go. I believe in Sundays and Sunday services and gatherings like this, actually there should be a sense in which we are sent out of here. We are commissioned to go into the world to be light, to take God's love. It's great that God does amazing stuff in ourselves, but that shouldn't just stop 
with us. We should, just be, we should be channels of what God wants to do in the world around us. What does it look like to be sent into the world? How do we go? How did Jesus send his disciples? Matthew 10, uh, verses 7 and 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Obeying means going and doing the natural and the supernatural works of the kingdom. This means sharing Jesus with others. Uh, This means helping people grow as followers of Jesus, caring for the poor, the vulnerable, welcoming others, being hospitable. Also means healing the sick, casting out demons, seeking to bring about a more just world, sending others further afield as missionaries, starting new churches. Kingdom, it's a holistic concept. The salvation of God is a holistic concept. It, sh- it should change not just our lives, not just our inner world, but it should have implications for all of our lives and for all of society around us. And when the kingdom is proclaimed, there is an invitation to the world to experience its power. One of my favorite psalms is, or, or verses from a psalm is Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I believe that evangelism, it's an invitation to taste and see the goodness of God. And as we give that invite, as we tell people about Jesus and what he's done in our lives, that that power for the same to happen in other people's lives is available. That that power to heal is available. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian for, how much Bible knowledge you've acquired, When we start to proclaim Jesus, his kingdom, his power is available. We go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8. Now it says, Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When you accept Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And God's power is found in his presence. The power of God also resides in you. Often I think we're blind to that as Christians, particularly here in the West. We think, no, no, that's just for uh, certain people who have a special anointing, who preach at large churches or um, have been ordained or, or whatever that may be. No, the power of God resides in all of us. It's there, it's in the Bible, it's the words of Jesus. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. We are empowered by the Spirit to witness to this world, to witness to his reality. One of our um, outreaches in Florianopolis, you can put it up on the screen if you like, is we set up a, a gazebo on the beach when there's a lot of movement there or in the street and uh, we simply invite people to come and receive prayer for healing or any other need and uh, on that particular picture and there's another picture of us doing that in the street as well on the beach picture you would notice this slender man not me this one um, a marathon runner who I saw sending um, 
chocolate on the beach as a bit of an income. Not sure why chocolate, because it would melt in that heat, but nevertheless, he was selling it. Uh, maybe that was his first need for prayer, really. And I said to him, would you? I could see he was looking at our tent here with a friend, and I invited him over. I said, hey, would you like to come over? And he said, oh, what are you doing? I said, well, we're offering to pray for people, for healing or any other need. Is there anything you'd like prayer for? And uh, he related that he was a marathon runner, that he'd injured himself a couple of months ago, he'd been unable to train, that he'd got a bad hamstring. So I said, well, can we, can we pray for you? Believe that Jesus wants to show you his love, that he's real. And um, he accepted prayer. Put my hand on his uh, hamstring and a couple of other people from our church prayed with him as well. Prayed simple prayers, hamstring be healed. In Jesus' name. Similarly, similarly, he started to feel heat and stuff happening there. I said, why don't you check it out? And as he started to check it out, first very gingerly and then more, uh, more sudden movements, there was no pain there. And he, I said, what do you make it out? And he said, that's incredible. That's amazing. And I said, I told him a bit about Jesus. And I said, would you like to ask this Jesus into your life? And he said, yes, I would. And there and then, he made a decision to follow Jesus. You know, sometimes moving in the power of God, it's as simple as offering to pray for someone. Perhaps you're aware that someone just lacks peace. That's an opportunity. Can I just pray for you? Yeah, the Bible says, or I believe that God is he's the source of all peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Can I, can I pray? And just something as simple as laying a hand on and inviting the presence of God is life-changing for someone as they encounter the peace of God. And I think often we think, oh, well, it's one thing hearing stories in places like Brazil, but the type of stories I've said this morning, I've seen stuff just as amazing as that, if not better, here in the streets of the UK. God is the same. The same spirit dwells in us. And it may surprise you how many people around you are secretly longing for an encounter with God. As I say, the spirit of his upwork, he's already preparing people around us. Pray for God to guide you. Pray for him to lead you. Be bold. The worst someone could say is no. It's not that bad really. I've been rejected lots of times and you get used to it after a while. <laughs> Be bold. Take risk. So we're all called to play our part in God's mission to do the, the very natural and the supernatural works of the kingdom. Moses, when he was called by God, he seemed to have some self-esteem issues, did he not? For good reason, he was called the most humble man in the world at that point, I think. Um, and he, um, he was like, what if, what if they don't listen to me? What if they re reject me? And, and God says to him, what is in your hand? And he had a staff in his hand, and through that staff, God performed great signs. You may be here this morning thinking, what have I got to give? Well, will people accept me? What will people make of it? And maybe God is saying to you, what's in your hands? What gifts, what talents have I given you? What dreams are in your heart? When God calls us, often, often those, those are our calling has to do with those dreams and desires, those passions, those things that burn in our hearts. For me, that's seeing people come to faith. 
That's seeing new churches planted. That's seeing the people of God come alive and, and get involved in his mission. What passions has God put in your heart? What has God placed in your hands? That may, may well be where God wants you to start. I'm aware that time is uh, getting away from us. So why don't we pray? I want to invite you to stand up. And we're going to invite the Spirit of God. And I, I just sense this morning as we were worshipping, the Lord saying that he wants to breathe new life in us. God has got more. Spirit of God, thank you that you revealed the presence of Jesus to us, that you are here. Holy Spirit, come upon us this morning. Have your way in this place. Do a new thing in us. Birth new dreams, new vision. Come, Lord. And we're just going to wait. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just get the sense for some, the Lord is just immediately just filling you with peace. For some, it's been a turbulent time. There's a lot of turmoil going on in your life. And God is just pouring out his peace over you now. And I think for some of it's just that sense of the Lord reassuring you, it's going to be all right. I am with you. Never will I leave nor forsake you. Receive the peace of God. Receive his presence. Thank you. Thank you. I think for some, God is just releasing a real joy and excitement for the things of God. He's releasing uh, a kind of anticipation and expectancy for what he's got in store. And I just sense the Lord's really got some great stuff in store for you guys as a church, that the best is still to come. Thank you. Thank you. The word I get is new wine. Not the network, but in that sense of the new wine of the kingdom. And uh, often God changes the structures. No, you don't pour new wine out into old wineskin. And there's a changing going on. There's a sorting, a shifting. But it's so the Lord can release new wine. I think the overflow for that as a church is it, it's more empowered people to do the works of the kingdom. It's greater freedom to be released to be who God has called you to be. There's a release of identity, a release of purpose, a release of mission, everyday mission. Come, Holy Spirit, a release, a, 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 like a, a, a real confidence in the Lord, a real calm confidence he wants to release over you in his power, in his might. Thank you, thank you. And one of the images I've got now is like uh, various staffs being given to people and uh, often that's a, a picture biblically of authority. That Lord, the Lord is, is, is giving authority, kingdom authority to people to release his presence, to release change and transformation outside of this building. Come Holy Spirit, release more. Release the new that you have for us, Lord. Release your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you. I, I believe the Lord is um, wanting to heal some people as well. Even as we're just standing and waiting in the presence of the Lord, uh, someone with like pain on the top of their head, uh, maybe it's constant headaches, and the Lord is just healing that. It's just re- uh, relieving that now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Someone else with, I think, neck pain. Just check it out. I believe the Lord is healing neck pain here and lower back pain as well. Uh, someone with a, a, a bad left shoulder. Just check that out if that's you. I believe the Lord is healing those conditions. Just raise your hand if you've just experienced some healing this morning. It's just so I can see. If you can just sense the Lord touching and healing. Just raise your hand so I can see. You sense a difference in those areas. You know, someone with a, a bad left knee. God wants to give you a new knee. Check it out. See if that's not you who the Lord is healing. Someone with a right hip problem as well. The Lord's bringing healing. Just check that out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And if you've received healing, just raise your hand or partial healing where you are. Just raise your hand for me to say, praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I think in a sense as well, if you want to offer yourself again, I'm aware that time is getting away and if you're a parent, you need to pick your kids up, feel free to go and do that. Um, But I think if you want to offer yourself again to the service of God, maybe you've burnt out. I think that's relevant for some people. You became tired and weary or you feel you've taken your foot off the pedal. I want to invite you to come forward. Um, and anyone who just really wants to offer themselves again to serve God, to play your part in his mission, to offer your gifts, your talents, even not knowing what it is the Lord has for you, where he wants you to go. Thank you. I think it would be great as well to pray. Just as it would be great to pray for anyone who does feel a sense as well of called to specifically overseas mission. We're all called to be missionaries, whether that's here or abroad. I think that sense as well for anyone who feels that call to go further afield for the Lord's preparation upon you, upon your life as well. Just come forward. Thank you. Thank you.